Okay, we're holding Kufcha Palaf Amadalif. We're standing by the Mishnah, the Mishnah, Nochri Shabal Duchamis. So it's a bit related to what we said before about putting out a fire on Shabbos, that we know you're not allowed to put out a fire unless there's danger. And in those days, it did not consider a danger. So it's only a problem of loss of your property. So uh, um, therefore, it was uh, they weren't allowed to put out a fire. Now, what about a goy? Now, we know, or we know, we know, but in the Gemara, it's like mentioned in between the lines that on Shabbos, you're not allowed to tell a goy to do a mulacha for you. What happens if he does it himself? So the truth is that in many cases, we'll see, there are cases that if a goy does a malacha for you, you have to stop him because he's not allowed to do a malacha for you, you're not allowed to benefit from it. There are rules about it. So here he's going to say like this, that although you're not allowed to tell a goy to do a malacha, you're not allowed to tell him to put out the fire. However, if he did it on his own, let him, leave him. We'll see why, because the khair, if he's doing it for you, even if you didn't ask him to do it, the, the mere, one of the reasons why you're not allowed to tell a goy to do a malacha is because it's as if it's your shaliyah. It's as if it's your shaliyah, as if you're doing it. It's like your long hand. So whenever he does it for you, seemingly, it should also be considered as, in, as if you're shalichas. Nevertheless, he's allowed to. You don't have to stop him. We'll see later why. It's a goy which comes to put out a fire. You don't tell him you don't tell him you should put out the fire because then you're telling him to do the malacha. However, you don't have to stop him. You don't have to tell him not to put out the fire. Just keep quiet, ignore, let him do his own thing. Don't, don't mix it. Why? You're not responsible that they should keep Shabbos. And therefore, if they do it on their own, fine. I didn't tell them, I don't have to stop them, just keep quiet. A child on the bar mitzvah, maybe even very young, which is coming to put out the fire. You don't let him. Because you are responsible for him to keep, to, to keep Shabbos. Now, it doesn't sound like we're talking about his father. It sounds like we're talking about anybody. And it would sound like over here that if a child doesn't have it, you have to stop him, which Lechera will see is not the case. So why do you have to stop him from putting out the fire? Fine. So we learned in this Mishnah that you don't stop a goy, but you don't tell him to put out the fire, and a child, you stop. Says the Gemara, Amar Abiyami, even more than what the Mishnah said. Bidleikahitiru. When it's putting out a fire, so you're going to lose money, it's a hefzid meruba. So Chachamim were more lenient than usual. They were mad to learn to say, call HaMechaba, whoever will put out the fire, Einei Mavzid will not lose out, basically saying, I'll pay the money later. But you cannot say, if you will put out the fire, you won't lose out. I definitely can't say, I will pay you. Rather, as if you're making an announcement to, to, to the whole world, even if there's only one guy over there. But you're just saying, whoever will put out the fire won't lose out. So you're giving a very clear hint that you want him to put out the fire. And usually that would not be allowed. Such a hint would not be allowed. However, since here you can lose a lot of money, therefore they allow you to do it. In a regular case, the most you can do, which also is not always okay, 
and you have to know what there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of details involved in in in, in uh, going doing gemalach on Shabbos. So you cannot learn from one case to another. You have to be very careful when you learn anything the ma'isa. But regarding telling a goy, then usually the most that someone can hint is saying a story. Saying, there's a, let's say, in this case, it would be like, there's a fire over here and I cannot put it out on Shabbos. End of story. Right? And to say anything more than that would not be allowed in any case. Here's an exception. Here, since you're going to lose a lot of money, so Chavim were more lenient, and they said, you can even say, whoever will put it out won't lose out. Says the Gemara, Maybe I can prove Rabbi Ami's point from our Mishnah. It says, The guy is coming to put out a fire. You don't tell him to put out the fire. Or not to put out the fire. Because he's not responsible for his, 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 him keeping Shabbos. So what do we see from here? You're not allowed to tell him straight out, put out the fire. Which seems like anything less than that is allowed. But if you're not going to say put out the fire, rather you're going to say whoever will put out the fire will lose out. You can tell to have a proof of our Mishnah to prove Rabbi Yami's point. Says the Gemara, look at the end of the Mishnah. You don't tell them not to put out the fire, which means you don't have to stop him. So, you cannot tell him, you don't have to tell him to stop putting out the fire. But if you want to focus on the last part of the sentence, it sounds like you're not you don't have to stop him, but definitely not allowed to encourage him. You're not allowed to give him any hint that you want it, just stand still. So if you look in the Mishnah, if you look at the first word, don't tell him to put out the fire. You may want to prove they allowed to hint and say, whoever puts it out does not lose out. From the last part of the sentence, you do not have to tell him to stop putting out the fire. From there, you might want to want to prove that you're not allowed to tell him whoever will put out the fire won't lose out. So basically, you have no proof from the mission. So what's the halacha? Says Taisus, the halacha is like Rabbi Yami. You are allowed to tell Behefsed Meruba whoever will put out the fire won't lose out because he says that in Tamad Yerushalmi, he says that Rabbi Yami didn't just pass in that halacha. He actually acted that way practically. He did it. And therefore, that's a strong proof. And therefore, we do pass in that Allah. So only in a case of Hafsid Meruba, you're allowed to hint in this way and say that if you, whoever will put out the fire, or let's say if there's anything else, which is Hafsid Meruba, uh, some uh, freeze, uh, freezer plugged out or something like that, it's something which is Hafsid Meruba, you're allowed to tell the guy, whoever will fix this and this issue, won't lose out, which means you'll give him some reward after Shabbos. But you're not saying you, you're saying whoever. You can't prove anything on the Mishnah either way. Fine. Okay, back to the main thing in the Mishnah that you don't have to stop a goy from putting out your fire. Mai said there was a story there was a fire there was a there was a person named Yesim and Simoi. He lived in the city Shichim, and there was a fire in his in his in his courtyard. Ubo anche gistra shel tzipori. The I guess I don't know the, the local the local um, police, the local uh, uh, whatever troops of soldiers, whatever it was from the government, 
came the Chavis, he wanted to put out the fire. There was no fire brigade in those days, but there was uh, whatever, the officials wanted to put out the fire. Why did they care so much? He was the king's banker in that place. I don't know, if, it doesn't seem like the king's money was, was a mistake over here, but he was very respected by them because he was the king's banker, the government's banker. So they wanted to say, help him out. They wanted to save him money. He told him, no, don't do it. He stopped them. And they Because he wanted to honor Shabbos. Now he's a big tzaddik. Hashem made a nest and he brought rain. And he put out the fire. And he wasn't just a, a, a tzaddik. He was also a, a, a gentleman. He was also a, a, a nice person. And in the evening, he gave to each one of those soldiers or those officers, stay sloim. Two coins, to their commander, he gave Hamishim, he gave 50 coins as for a payment for the goodwill of putting out the fire, although they didn't actually put out the fire. They weren't, you know, saying if he, if he had a nest, he must be right. No. They said, he made a mistake. He should have learned the halacha. We learned. If a guy comes to put out the fire, you don't mix it, you don't tell him to put out or not to put out. So yes, he was a big tzaddik and he got a nest and, and he was even a nice guy, but he made a mistake in the halacha. The halacha is, you should just, you just, you should just keep quiet and let him do the job. Fine. So the halacha is, you do let the guy to save your money, you don't stop him. And as we said also, you can even hint and say, whoever will do won't lose out. But a child who's coming to put out the fire, you don't let him. Because you're responsible for him keeping Shabbos. What does that mean? Shabbos, do you want to prove from here? A child who's eating today, and their representatives, which are based in, must stop him. It's a responsibility for all Jews with based in their lead. To stop every child from doing an Aveda? It's not so. That's not the, that's not the din. That's not the halacha. Only the father is responsible from the age of Chinuch. And no one else. We're talking about a child who's old enough to realize that he's helping his father. If he's doing it for himself, leave him alone. It's his father's business. But if he's doing it for his father, or maybe even for us, in other words, if he's doing it for an adult, so he's clearly doing the malacha for us. That we have to stop. If he's doing it for himself, leave him alone. Doing it for us, that's a problem. And that's the malacha that you, you, you're not allowed to let a, a, a child do a malacha de raisa for a god. For malacha de rabbanon, there's more leniencies. But if he knows clearly what he's doing, that he's doing it for a god, you're not allowed to be doing it and he doesn't know what he's doing. You put it next to the light switch and he's going to play around with it and he's going to turn on the, 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 the light switch and you're not his father or they're below the age of Chinuch. That would be allowed. But if they know what they're doing, if they're doing it for the sake of an adult, then no one's allowed to let them do it because they're not allowed to do the Malachi for you. Says the Gemara, the Kevasagabi Nochri, what about by a goy? The Ka'avi, the Daiti, the Israf, the goy is doing it for a yid. Me, shorty, in other words, like this. It sounds like a child, no, but a goy, yeah. Now, we don't have all the halachas over here, 
But we do know from other cases that if we know that Goy is doing it for the Yid, then we're not allowed to let him do the Malacha. What's the example for that? The example is a hired worker. A hired worker to do whatever, to, to the house the caretaker, whatever it is. So, so such a worker, he, he wants to please you in order that you should pay him. But he wants to please you. In other words, now he's your hired worker and whatever he's doing, he's doing for you. And therefore, you must stop him. If he's doing, if he, if he does any malach in your house, if he works for you, then you must stop him. There are exceptions, but in general, uh, someone who's paid by the hour, someone who's paid by the day, then you have to stop him from doing a malacha for you. So, so if a, so, what's the comparison? The, the cloud, the reason why you're allowed to let a goy do the malacha, so let's say for the example by Yosef and Simoi, the fact they paid the money afterwards, they were expecting that. And that's why you have to like, compensate them, that they stopped them from not from doing him a favor, from doing themselves a favor. So he so he he paid him the money. In other words, they're doing it, they're not a hired worker. And on the other hand, they want to get a payment for it. So you could just let them do it. However, if they're doing it clearly for you, according to the rules of Amir al then the conclusion should be you have to stop them. Because a guy is doing a malacha for you, he's your shliach. So what's so the Mishnah is saying a guy you could let and a child not. Why? If they're doing it for themselves or absentmindedly, let them. If they're doing it for you, don't let them. It's not between a yid and a goy. It's between a, a for you or for them. Says the Gemara, Nochri ledaite the nafshe of it. We can assume that a goy that's helping you, he's not doing it for you. We can assume that he's doing it because he's expecting a favor return. He wouldn't be doing it. He wouldn't be doing it for you. He's definitely doing it because you're going to give him something and therefore he's doing it for himself. On one hand, he's not a hired worker, so he doesn't owe you anything. On the other hand, he's not doing it really for you. He's doing it for himself. And therefore, you just let him do it. That's the rule of the year. Now, the question is, how does that apply today? When you have a guy walking down the street and he doesn't know you from today to tomorrow, and today, although it's very chitsoyniyazdik, but to be polite and to be menschelich is, so to say, a very accepted thing when everyone's looking at least. It's a very accepted thing in the world. And therefore, to ask a guy for a favor, he'll do it as a favor. He's not going to do it because he doesn't know you. He's not going to come back to you. He's not expecting the payment that he got from Yosef and Simoy. And therefore, can you let him do a malacha for you? So it's not so simple. Our person would say, no, that today, unless it's your neighbor or someone you know that is expecting in the back of his mind a favor in return, then you could let him do it. Otherwise, if it's some random person, then you have to stop it because he's doing it for you. He's never going to ask a favor in return. Unless it's a town that the custom in the town became that they always get a kugel or something after they do the favor for the yid. There's also a lot of more halachas. You also remember this. There's much more halachas about hanoah from a goyish mulacha. It's very not simple, anything of asking a guy. So ask a question detailed in every case before you 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 uh, apply anything. But there are those that say, if they say that the, the style, the, 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 the behavior in the town becomes that any guy, everyone knows that if they come to Yiddish and do them a favor, then they get a piece of kugel or a piece of gefilte fish afterwards or whatever it is. And 
then they're expecting that, then again, you'll be able to rely on that. But until that happens, if it's just a random guy, then there's a big question whether you can even allow him to do a malacha, because maybe in this case, he's actually doing it for you. Fine. So that's the end of that whole subject uh, about uh, telling a guy, stopping a guy from doing a malacha, so you cannot tell, usually you cannot say whoever will do it won't lose out unless it's, unless it's a hafsid miruba. However, you don't have to stop him because he's doing it ultimately for himself to get a favor in return. And the question is also, does this apply only by a fire? Or is this a general rule that you can let a guy do a malacha for you? Not if you have no hano. We'll see later. Well, not later, but the, there's another question of hano. But if there's no hano involved, uh, uh, does this rule apply that you just let a guy do something or indirectly hint, as we said before, or say the story and he'll do it on his own? Can you rely on this fact that a guy does things for himself? Or does that apply only by a fire? Does it apply Al-Tarebbe himself, in the beginning, was more strict about it, and then later on was more lenient that you could take this svara in general, that a guy does something for himself, and therefore, even if not in the place of, of, of Hafsid, then you could, as if, allow him to do it on his own. Again, but there's also issue of Anob, leave that aside. So it, it doesn't apply everywhere. You have to check each case alone. Fine. The next mission is signing a total different subject. The subject of, I mean, it's related somehow, but it's diverted to the subject of muktza. Not directly muktza, but the idea is like this. A permitted kelu, let's say a bowl, you're allowed to move it if you want to use it. The chiddush is you're allowed to move it even if the thing you want to use it for is muktza. Even if the purpose is a muktza, but since the actual keli is not a muktza, you're allowed to move it for that purpose. So the first example is related to what we said before. Which means, if you have a candle, which I guess the flame went a bit high, and the roof was not so high, and you're afraid it's going to catch on to the beam of the roof. So you want to cover it. Obviously, you're not covering it with a bowl that's covering it from all sides. Because then it's going to choke it and 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 uh, extinguish the fire. Uh, however, you're talking about a, a bone which has like some opening on the side. There's enough oxygen over there. You're not putting out the fire. You're just stopping it from catching on to the roof. Or another example, totally unrelated. So the whole question is not extinguishing the fire. The whole question is muktza. Fire is muktza, and I'm moving the bowl for the fire. Or about soya shall cotton on dirt of a child. We'll see soon what that means. Or about akrov shaloy tishach on a scorpion that shouldn't bite. You're allowed to move a plate in order to cover all of these. Now, as we'll see later in the Gemara, a long discussion about this. Not in all places were uh, scorpions considered deadly. I don't know how to explain this. That's what, that's what we'll see later in the Gemara. And that's what we're talking about in this particular case, that he, whatever, he didn't like it, he was a bit afraid, he wanted to cover the scorpion, but it wasn't really a pikuach nefesh case. And that's why, Amr Rabbi Yehuda, I don't agree with this last example. was in Arabia, someone who once covered the scorpion with a bowl, and they asked Rabbi Yehuda, what's the din? 
Rama and he said, Cheshashani loimi chadas, I'm afraid that Imamish did a Isidoraisa, it's trapping an animal, and he has to bring a carbon chadas. So we'll discuss this in the Gemara about this trapping the scorpion. Okay, then we have a few more minutes, so we can go still to the next piece in the, in the next page about this thing of covering the child's dirt. It's an interesting story. Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Yemiya, Rabbi Rachonan, Rabbi Iklu happened to come. Lebay to the house of Ovin the Min Nishiki, Ovin of the city in Nishiki. Now, for some odd reason, this Ovin, to those two first isolate he brought them a bed, a couch, a sofa that he used to sit on, those reclining bed, whatever they call it, the Asaba beds. So he brought them a, 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 a chair to sit on. And then isolate. He didn't bring him a chair. For some reason, he didn't look at him as such a respectful person. He let him sit on the floor. Now, okay. Now, this Rebchonah Barava saw this oven. He was teaching him Mishnayis, and he was translating the Mishnayis, and he was saying, and he added two words in the mission. He translated lettings of a child. Because you don't want a child to become dirty with the letting of a child. That's how he explained the mission. Amalei, now he was, uh, Rashi says he was uh, upset about the fact that this oven didn't give him a cheer. And now he hears this oven teaching Mishnayis. He said, no, no, no. He didn't just tell him nicely. He told him, Ovin Shatya, the foolish oven, Masne Shtusilivne is teaching his child foolishness. Why? Again, I don't raise any dogs, but for some reason the Gemara says that a dog would eat the letting of a child. And therefore, since it's animal food, and it's a place that they had dogs, people raised dogs, so it's animal food, it's not muktzah. If it's not muktzah, what's the whole issue? The whole question is, I can't move this thing, I want to just cover it, so am I allowed to move the bowl for that? But... Uh, a, a child's nothing is not muktzah. Now, maybe you're going to tell me it wasn't ready yesterday. It was still cooking. So therefore, it's 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 no lad. It's a new product, which is, is muktzah and Shabbos, according to some opinions, because it wasn't existing yesterday. But he says, it's not the case. But Tani, we learned in a b'raisa, nahari Rivers that are flowing, Mayonis and Noivin, well springs that are, that are, that are flowing. The rule is that someone's possessions cannot leave the Tchum Shabbos of that person, which is mainly Nagian Yomt when you're allowed to carry. So you cannot take the possessions of someone out of his Tchum Shabbos. Now, if someone's filling up water from the river, so, so the, when he's filling up water from the river, it's a it, it, it doesn't belong to anyone before. The second you picked it up, it's yours. And therefore, you could take it to your Tchum Shabbos. You don't have to worry about anybody else's Tchum Shabbos. Now, one second. It, it wasn't here yesterday, this water. Why, isn't it, why is it not Mukta? According to those who say that Mukta means something which I did not have in mind before Shabbos or Yom Tif. And that's why Nodot would be a problem because I, I did not have it in front of me before Shabbos or Yom Tif. So why aren't the rivers or these wellsprings, why isn't the water Mukta? Rather, the answer will be because that's the nature. And you have in mind everything which is a, which is a common nature which happens the whole time. 
And therefore, the child as well, and Baruch Hashem is a healthy child, and that's his nature. And therefore, you, you think about it yesterday already. So it's not Muktzah, it's not Noilat. So what are you telling him? It's the letting of a child. It's the letting of a child. Okay. Fine. What should I tell him? In other words, what is the touch? The mission says, Tsoya shall cut him. What does that mean? Amy answered back, you should say, I'll a chicken's letting, which is not fit for a dog. And you're moving it because a child might get dirty from it. So you asked him back with table clay, what's the whole question of moving it? I'm definitely allowed to move it. It's something dirty. The typical example is a those days portable, portable toilets, that it's something disgusting. And therefore, you're allowed to move it away from anywhere that you're sitting, although it's proper muksa. But since it's disgusting, you're allowed to move it out. So here also, it's disgusting me. I can move it out. If you'll tell me, the fact that I'm allowed to remove something disgusting is only agav monoin, only if it's the if it's the keli. If I have the bowl, the, the, the pot, whatever they call it, that's when you're allowed to move it out. Um, However, Iu buffet, if you have the actual dirt alone, low, you're not allowed to remove, that's not true. There was a, a, a mouse, the shtakach, that was found, the sparkimi in a jug of, of uh, good smelling spices. And obviously it was disgusting, and they wanted to have those good smelling spices to smell good. They don't want that dead mouse over there. The sparkman Ravashi was Ravashi's box of good spices. He told the people in his house, pick him up by his tail. So, I'm sorry, and throw it out. I'm sorry. In other words, you're allowed to remove the, 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 the dirty thing alone. And so answered back, we're talking about that the, letting, the, the chicken's letting was in the dump. And therefore, there's no graf because you're not sitting over there. It doesn't disgust you. Therefore, it's mukts. Dump? The cotton by ash from my boiling. What is a child doing in the dump? Well, your whole problem is that he might get dirty. If he's in the dump, he's going to get dirty no matter what. Well, why, why, why are you taking away from the child from the dump? So he answered back with chotzer. No, it's not in the dump. It's in his backyard. Chotzer, nami grafshir you. In the chotzer, you also sit down. You want to have good, a fresh air. And then if there's anything disgusting over there, you're allowed to remove it. So what's the problem? So he answered back, it's in the dump in your backyard. So the child might go closer over there and might play around with the dirt and you don't want that. On the other hand, it's not the place that you're sitting down, it's the dump of the, it's a small bin in, in, your, in your backyard. So there's no graf but your child might get dirty from it and therefore you can cover it. So that was a story that when you're saying to cover the lending, is over the lending of the chickens, which the child might get dirty from it. Usually it would be a graf something disgusting in a place that you're sitting, you can remove anyways. Here we're talking about that it was in a place that you don't get don't get disgusted, but the child could get dirty. It's, it's the in the bin in your backyard, and therefore you could just cover it with a with a bowl. So to summarize, we spoke about a fire, go putting out your fire. You cannot tell him to put out the fire, you're not allowed to do a mirror lunach, you're not allowed to tell him to do a malacha, but you could. You don't have to stop him. And the, the Rabbi added also that you can even tell him whoever will put it out won't lose out, which is the Allah, although there's no proof from the mission. There was a story with a Yesib and Simoi, which didn't let the soldiers put out his fire, and a nest happened and put out his fire, and he paid them afterwards money 
But the Chacham said he was wrong. He should have let them. Now a child, you have to stop. Why do you have to stop a child? Because he's doing it for you. So a guy is also doing it for you? No. A guy typically does it for himself. He's expecting a favor in return. And therefore he's considered doing it for himself. Then we spoke about um, uh, moving a bowl to cover a flame or to cover uh, the letting of a child. And there are some few other things about the scorpion, which we'll see later. So what's this letting of the child? So there's a whole story of people of an oven that didn't give a cheer to Hanan Barova. And then this oven was teaching his child that it means a letting of a child. And the reason why you want to cover that a child shouldn't get dirty. So no, a letting of a child you can give to a dog. And therefore it's not muktzah. So what is it talking about? The letting of a chicken. So why is it not graf shari that you anyways allowed to remove? Because it's, in, it's, it's, it's not in the place that you're sitting. Where is it? In the bin in your backyard. So the child might touch it. I might get dirty, but on the other hand, you can't say it disgusts me. It's in the it's in the disgusting place. It's in the bin, and therefore you can only cover it with a bowl.